Welcome to Nerd Talk, the podcast that talks about everything nerdy. I'm your host, Jordan Halstead, and each week, me and my friends will be discussing some of our favorite topics. We're talking superheroes, Star Wars, Pokemon, Harry Potter, and that's just to name a few. You don't want to miss out on this because this is Nerd Talk. Hey guys, welcome back to Nerd Talk with Jordan Halstead. I'm your host, Jordan, and uh, tonight I've got Micah, Amanda, and Will back with me for another fun episode. Tonight we're talking about Star Wars A New Hope. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. Indeed, this is a wretched height of scum of villainy if I've ever seen one before in my life. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, So anyways, we're going to go ahead and be talking about Star Wars. You know, Star Wars has been around for well over 40 years. We're coming up on, what, 45 years next year? Um, it's been around for a long time, super, super excited cool. about kind yeah. of where we're going, um, with this. And this is our first time, like truly talking about star Wars as like star Wars by episodes. Um, we, we, I think we've talked about it a little bit, um, in the past, but we've not really focused on like deep, intimate conversations about like episodes or the series or anything like that. So I'm really excited to talk about this. So I'm going to ask real quick. What did you guys think of this film? It's it's over 40 years old, um, and so we're going to go ahead and just ask, you know, what did you guys think about the film? I loved it. Um, Jordan, you're probably not old enough for this, uh, but Amanda and Will, you might be. Um, I remember in the 90s, uh, McDonald's, yes, McDonald's, um, used to sell VHS tapes, and they mm-hmm. sold the original box trilogy of the Star Wars trilogy on VHS, as well as the Back to the Future trilogy and a couple of other movies. And I remember my uncle bought my brother and I the first, uh, the original Star Wars trilogy on VHS from McDonald's. And uh, I think it, like he got all three, he bought like a value meal or something. You got them for 20 or $25, like the trilogies. For, so back then that was a lot of money for, you know, three movies. And um, I remember just seeing the original Star Wars and just falling in love with it. So yeah, just as a young kid, just loved it. I didn't know that they came out through McDonald's, but uh, my dad has the the collection uh, of the three of them, so I wonder now if he had it through that, so I'm going to have to ask him about it. Um, so I, I love Star Wars. I'm a big Star Wars fan. Um, I, I think the, I did not see Star Wars until I was probably in middle school. Um, or just before middle school, whenever they re-release them in theaters. What? Um, yeah, it's it, so I'm totally totally a nerd, but I was super. I was dead set that I wasn't gonna like Star Wars. Um, my family had a hotel, and so we would sometimes like when the Star Trek convention was in town, we would get Trekkies that would stay there. Um, and some of them, you know, I mean, I cosplay now, so I understand the people that dress up in costume and go around. But some of these people were really weird. And when I was a little kid, you know, these people would come and eat the flowers off the front desk and really get into, like, super diehard character. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, this is real weird. And in my child brain, I always thought, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars were the same. And my mom was like, no, you're going to love them. You're going to love Star Wars. Just try it. You're going to like it. So she kind of dragged me to it, um, it when they re-released in the theater 
And as soon as I saw it, of course, I fell in love with mm-hmm. it. And, you know, as soon as I got them on VHS, I would watch the trilogy. I had the box set trilogy, and I would wa- I watched it every single weekend. So um, I was uh, obsessed and dressed as Princess Leia for Halloween and all that stuff. So, I mean, I love it. I think it's, I think it's a fantastic first movie to introduce us to this franchise. It's, you know... I can't say enough good things about it. And then I'm going to take the mic from there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Taylor, I'm going to let you finish. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Amanda, I'm going to let you finish. But George Lucas had the greatest film of all time. Uh, sorry, Kanye. I got caffeine in me, so I'm making Kanye references. Um, what? You're so embarrassed for me right now. Okay. I'm a little okay. Uh, anyway, um, I think I probably have the strangest way of how I, I got around to end up seeing Star Wars. Um, we all remember Muppet Babies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Muppet Babies. Um, so there's an episode that pays homage to all the Star Wars movies. I think that's initially, I didn't know what the heck it was, but like, because they had, I mean, obviously they helped work on the puppets and like they, they were tight like this with Yoda and Frank Oz and all that. So of course, like there's crossover with that, but I'm like, what's this? But then uh, when they were getting hype up for the special editions, um, I was just telling Amanda the story. I'm not going to tell all of it because it's kind of gross, but like, uh, my my stum I'll just say my stomach got upset seeing the first one uh in theaters and I had to leave but I had both the original I got the digitally remastered uh uh special edition box set my grandma got for me for like a birthday or like we we were I was really good at the store and helping out with her around the house so I was like I was like I was kissing her feet essentially and I, I would watch those all the time when my mom either had to go out of town for work and then I think for like another holiday or just because i'm a spoiled brat and i was an only child there for a little bit i got the special edition box set so i'd just be going back and forth i'm like it was just so much for my little tiny mind and then i think there was since i was an only child still for a minute there was one christmas i got like star wars toys so say i was all in is uh an understatement it's i I mean going back to it like i think part of me thinks like some parts like oh it's a little bit slow but now like as an adult and i've seen it so many times there's so many iconic moments that are uh, each trilogy has tried to recreate, or even the cartoons and TV shows. Like, like it's like Luther says, it's it, it's poetry, it rhymes. Like it, I, I mean, it all started with this movie. I uh, we talked about this. Uh, oh man, this has been months and months ago. Uh, when we did our first episode, we uh, I remember talking with Levi and Casey, and and Levi said that when he first got introduced, it was through uh, Spike's version of star wars um and with that he or like like the tv on tv uh one and he actually had it like recorded on vhs for all of us who grew up with vhs tapes um he would throw it into the they threw it in the vcr recorder and they recorded the the movie and um it was just really really weird uh hearing some of that because i was like wait you heard or you watched it through tv like i i grew up watching the vhs tapes um my dad he walked in one time uh, i remember 1999 we were watching them and then they said oh hey the new one's coming out and so like we went to bed one one uh one day like for a nap after church on sunday and when we woke up he had all of the his old star wars toys from when he was a kid out and so, like, hearing some of those things and hearing your guys' interactions, that it's, like, it's cool because everybody has their own ways that they were kind of introduced to Star Wars. And it's just been really, really cool to see it all work and, uh, and, and be a part of that. Um, you know, we all have our favorite characters, right? 
you either like Luke or Han. Uh, we've got Leia fans. We like the droids. Uh, Darth Vader. Who is your guys' favorite uh, Star Wars hero, villain, just character all the way around from uh, this film? Han Solo. Han Solo. I, I, I mean, I uh, will, will say no. I'm obsessed. And I'm pretty sure when uh, Will and I first started dating – one of the first things before before we had even gone on our first date, one of the things I asked him at the beginning was, "Who's cooler, Luke or Han?" Because um, that's how I was going to gauge whether he was worth my time or not. Thankfully, he answered right, but I'm pretty sure he knew the answer I was looking for. Um, but I think yeah, I sense I sense a disturbance in the force. He, so I, I know he's not a he's not a Jedi or anything, but I just think he's so he's so. Uh, cool and he he's kind of like kind of um a rogue but deep down he's a good guy and his relationship with Chewie is so fun to watch and I don't know and I, you know I love Princess Leia as like a strong female character I think she's she's fantastic too I always wanted to be her apparently that's a theme for me I always wanted to be these female characters that I watched growing up but um so I thought, you know, she's super cool, but Han is always my favorite. And as, since I saw the first the first Star Wars movie, New Hope, this one that we're talking about, um, I just, you know, I fell in love with Harrison Ford. And ever since then, he's like one of my favorite actors to watch and um, just have a little bit of a crush on him, maybe. So, so he, definitely he's my favorite. Since you sit with uh, with Han Solo, my question for you then is, did Han shoot first? Of course he did. Of course he did. There we go. Right, yeah. an, right answer. Fantastic. <laughs> if not, he's a he's a Asian eternal with that like neck bend and stuff. You know, there's that, that that's no possible. No human could bend like that. He's he's prepared. He knew it was coming. He's he's smart. He's suave. He's got it going on. So of course he shot first. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean. It's definitely not Luke in the first one. Uh, I mean, there's, there's deleted scenes. We have. I don't know if you guys have done extensive looks on this stuff or listened to a podcast that talks about the movie minute by minute like this weird nerd over here. Uh, but apparently Luke's nickname amongst all of his friends is Wormy because he's like so whiny and annoying and he's sticking up on the farm. And I'm like, ugh. And like, he's still learning. I mean, granted by the end, he like, he learned stuff. Um, but the question was, who is my favorite? And I got to go with the most serious answer ever here. Porkins. <laughs> That's fair. All right. No, no, no. Great, great no, no, pick no, no, right kidding, there. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, goodness. It, it's tough thinking about just like one solid character. Uh, I'm, if we're going just off regular original Star Wars, I'm going to throw a curveball here because we're kind of just doing this off the cuff. Um. I gotta go with R2, man. Like, I, I mean, granted, he's a droid and he's programmed to do this stuff, but like, based on how 3PO's being all prissy and like how they have some sentience, it's like, 3PO was just good to the girl, like, oh no, like, I, I mean, I love Princess Leia and all that, but I am, I'm good to be free. I'm like, I'm fine. But R2's like, nah, uh, we need to help these guys. I mean, even though we haven't seen this adventure yet, uh, so, some people died for this. I need to uh, get it to the right people so we can blow up this Death Star and bring some hope to this galaxy. So, I mean, R2-D2, I mean, I, granted, he's just a little droid and he goes, beep, 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 but, like, just that just determination alone to finish his mission is enough to kick the saga off, honestly. So, yeah. 
What about you, Micah? Um, you know, interestingly enough, Will, uh, I was I threw this on yesterday at work, and yeah. just the the whininess of Luke, I would totally agree with that statement because yeah. he, like, in the first hour of episode four, he just it seems like he's a whiny teenager because basically that's what he is. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan, just to clarify, did you say in Star Wars or just this movie? We're gonna say just this movie. Okay. Since great. we're talking specifically um, on A New Hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, because but you said Star Wars, so I was just. Well, that's what the movie originally was called before they added A right. New Hope. I know, I know, I know. I'm fun fact, haha. <laughs> little FF for you, little fun fact. I was gonna say Han Solo too, but I didn't want to steal Amanda's um, answer. So if I had to back up, I would probably say. Sand people? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Tuscan Raider, yes. They made some awesome. <laughs> they made some awesome noises. Um, Chewbacca. If I had to pick a second. Oh, you jerk. That's where I was <laughs> well, gonna go. If it's yours, Jordan. I'll pick a third one. <laughs> no, no. Stick with it, because I I had a backup, and I had a backup to my backup. No, I was gonna say I was gonna say Han Solo or Chewie, and if not, you know those were those two were taken, and we try not to take each other's answers. Um, I don't know. I would have picked Obi Wan. I mean, I would have to. Cause, you monster! Did I pick your backup? You monster! You chose the backup to my backup. Well, I'm surprised you and and Will didn't pick Captain America, and we're not even talking about it. You know what? Well, I mean, part of the, the Winter Soldier. That's it, right there. That's here. the answer. It's our running yep. joke. If you and haven't Roger. been listening, uh, all well, of our listeners. A, it's a guy from Free Guy. He shows up with Captain America's shield and a lightsaber, <laughs> and he helps out. That's I fair. Mean, the other thing I was going to say was the Empire. Uh, I mean, just Moff Tarkin and Vader, one of those. I mean, they are just so determined to get those plans and get the w- way they want. I mean, that's not my answer, because I think part of me doesn't want to be seen as, like, I'm rooting for the villains. But, I mean, they were... Were they, what, go. He always roots for the villains, though. Kylo Ren is one of your favorites. We've talked about this before. And he got it from his grandfather. I'm just saying. That's fair. All right, but. I got to say, for me, um, I really like Han Solo. um, And since Amanda stole that answer. And then I was like, and then I love Chewie. And then Micah stole that answer. And then Micah's Mm -hmm. like, well, I'll go ahead and steal, or I'll go ahead and steal your third answer, too, with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, I think the reason I like these characters, though, is. Again, as the just repeating remarks here is Luke was too whiny. Um, Leia, I mean, being a guy who was raised by kind of a macho man kind of dad um, who just kind of was like, hey, like boys don't cry, like kind of that that old school mentality um, and whatnot. I didn't typically root for the girl. I was like, oh, like she's just the the dame. She's the the woman in distress. She's she's the the object that we're trying to save. Um, and I feel like at, at that point, Star Wars really handled that like that uh, during that time. I mean, we've we've now got way better female character development. Um, but I think Leia was very, very shallow in that first movie um, in comparison to where they took her later on. Um, so she didn't really like the twins really didn't do anything in which we don't know that at this point. Um, but I didn't care for Luke or Leia. Um, but Han Solo, just the. I would say just to counter that a little bit, I would say once they get a gun in her hands and get her out of that prison cell. She takes a little bit of charge. I yeah, mean, I guess I can... nice situation, but uh, I think it's some first stuff. And she's even like willing to lie to the Empire and going like, eh, I mean, I hate to put this other planet at risk, but I, I, I mean, 
Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, the fact that she stands up to, to Vader and Moff Tarkin, like, I mean, I think she's, she's pretty fearless and, yeah, they probably, if it was made in today's age, they probably would done, have done more um, with that character. But I think for it being the 70s, like, they did, it was pretty well done, um, you know, making her a pretty strong female character. Um, and like, yeah, I don't really, I, I need you to open the door, but I can help myself get out of here, too. So. Yeah, I, I think she was just too shallow for me. Um, especially with how much further we've gotten as a society for female characters. I just, and, and I, I agree with you for the seventies, that was probably like a huge step forward. Um, but in 2021, I sit back and I'm like, yeah, you're very shallow. Like you're just kind of the prize at the end of the race. Like we're just here to save you and then get the money and go like, like Han's got debts to pay. Do what? Which is interesting. Cause if you look at like. And I know, you know, it just proves the intentionality of, like, the character development. Because by the time we get to Return of the Jedi, and we're not talking about that, but, like, Luke, like, the maturity of Luke, by the time we get to episode um, seven, four, five, six, six, wow, six, um, there's a lot of maturity. Well, there's a lot of maturity with all of them, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of, and, you know, I think that backs up the point of the intention of making luke kind of sound kind of whiny and immature and he really didn't have a path because he was just kind of on his knuckle and ant's farm and you know just trying to get out of there so and again we talked about it he's a teenager yeah Uh yeah i mean it's when you've got him that young um i think i think for the time frame that they were doing uh all these movies i think it was done very well to show the maturity level as like it it continually happened um because by the time you get to the uh empire um, he's grown a little bit, not a lot, but he's starting to. You're starting to see the big transformation. Then, by the time Return of the Jedi happens, yeah, he's 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 changed. Um, speaking it of was Luke, a swamp with Yoda. Yeah. Speaking of Luke, um, you know, I I I don't like Luke in this, but I'm really really grateful that they didn't do uh, the original promo where he's got like his chest hanging out, um, and he's got the sword or the the lightsaber like above his head, like from there. How awkward would it have been had in some point in the movie he would have like bare chested it like kind of like Mr. Fabio and done like the whole like how weird would that have been to have like a 19 year old 18 year old character doing that where because I don't think he was as ripped as the like I don't think Mark Hamill was as ripped as the the picture that they had drawn is. Oh definitely not. No nobody wanted to see that. And like. Back then, you know, no offense, like to society now, but like people were a lot skinnier back then and smaller in stature. Like he was really small to begin with. So like, I mean, like, to go with the nickname, he was wormy. Yeah, he wasn't. I mean, he he didn't look like the Hasbro toys like right before the Power of the Force, where he was like jacked. He did not look like that. Oh man, that's funny. So yeah, I just thought about that. Um. So we're going to switch characters over to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, he, uh, towards the first half of the film, uh, there's this spot where he's talking about the stormtroopers um, having precision hits. And I laughed about this because as uh, I was watching the movie yesterday, I'm sitting there thinking, wait, that's not right. Because the rest of the, the original trilogy, they make fun of kind of how they can't hit the broadside of a barn and like how they keep missing. And like when you get into the, the shooting blaster scenes um 
they keep missing each other and then like it seems like only the rebels hit the empire it doesn't ever seem like the rebels are actually ever like hit um because they keep missing so did you guys ever catch that um does it make you laugh does it like make you just ponder anything um what what are your guys' thoughts on that i think it's um hysterical as an ongoing joke throughout the entire saga like the how oblivious the stormtroopers can be um i don't know if it was like last month or so i was watching the force awakens and the part where kylo's like throwing a fit in one of the rooms and where, where poe was being held after he got away was it poe no it was ray sorry it was ray when ray got away like when he was throwing a fit and the stormtroopers just kind of like paused dead in their tracks and they just turned around him <laughs> the other way like <laughs> i just love how oblivious they are in the entire saga um but like yes to your question like not being able to hit anything so it's like it's it's hysterical because it's like they're trained to kill and they're trained to that's what they're trained to do like they tell us a little bit about that with um with finn's story like they're they're about as useless as they come right (laughs) yeah it's it's pretty rough so Uh, so I don't know. I I guess I never really thought of the line that hard because I mean at this at that point it was the first one, but thinking in hindsight it is kind of funny. Maybe to a degree Obi Wan's thinking of his old commander Cody, who actually, I mean if he just hit him just a little bit closer he would have been dead in Revenge of the Sith. Or maybe he was thinking about Crosshair from the Bad Batch with his precision targeting. But uh, I, I don't know. They also were hitting that uh, Jawa like giant tanker thing that had all the droids in it that's a pretty big target for them it'd be pretty hard to miss that one uh they have better aim than the than the uh, sand people apparently so i i I don't know i i i don't have much thoughts about it it's kind of funny later going down the road with some of these uh, other star wars properties of how bad they are at their targeting but uh yeah nothing too much to go from there Um, Yeah, I don't think I ever picked up on it when, you know, I've watched it before, Um, but it is funny to think about. But I think, you know, some of what's fun about Star Wars is that it is able to make fun of itself a little bit. It's not totally outright making fun of itself, but there's a little, like, little puns that they'll throw in there to kind of include the audience in on the joke. And... You know, I'm sure you guys have seen, like, it was some talk show that Mark Hamill was on, and he was telling a story about Harrison Ford, um, and doing a Harrison Ford impression, and and Mark Hamill was like, well, Luke's Luke's hair should be wet in this scene, but it's totally dry because we just got out of the trash compactor, and apparently Harrison Ford just looked at him and was like, kid, that's not... this." Or it's not that type of movie, wasn't, or something. Wasn't like, a Conan, wasn't a Conan. It might have been a Conan episode. Right. But he's like, kid, it's not that type of movie. And I think that's what I mean. It's supposed to be kind of a fun space story, you know. It's, you know, it's supposed to be fun and kind of funny yeah. at times too. I think it's funny. We we as nerds, we typically are like, wait, did you see this? Hey, did you see this? Um, so Thanksgiving is coming up, and one of the the cool things that I got to do was. Uh, I got to be a part of the skit guys. Um, they're Christian comedians. Uh, I was in their uh, skit, uh, and it's really funny because my mom, as I was talking with her, she saw one of those those bloopers where like the guy had already sat down, and then they switched seat, like camera angles, and then he was back up moving towards the seat to go sit down. Um, 
And we kind of laughed about that. And then, like, I started to think about that with this, like, you know, as nerds, we we go over and over and over and we try and find those those bloopers or the the wrong things or we we find mistakes. And, and we're like, wait, time out. Why is it this way? What? And, and we overanalyze things when we don't always look at it like, hey, this is just a great film. Just enjoy it for what it is like laugh because you caught it. But just keep moving forward. Um, and I just find it funny with some of that. Um, another thing about the stormtroopers, um, with bloopers, uh, did you guys catch when the the stormtrooper is too tall and he bonks his head on the door as it's opening? Have you guys ever caught that? Yeah, that was me, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I went back into the time that I, I put the stormtrooper helmet on and I just I couldn't see. I was too big for the armor. Oh man. Well, I just love that they've they've actually added more to that scene in the special editions where they add like a, oh like you actually they add like a sound effect in there. Do they actually? I believe so. I think that was one. Oh, uh, that's that hysterical. I, I'm kind of like okay, that one's funny, but like because I know uh, I don't know if you want to jump into it now since we are talking about this and I'm kind of segueing into it, but like special edition changes, I think Star Wars got the really blunt end of of a lot of the changes it didn't necessarily need. I think I like. Them getting rid of like the little jelly stuff that under was the under the speeder because it actually looks like, it's, looks like it's floating. I just like them touching up the X wings and uh, adding like Bigs right before the final fight because like you, you keep hearing Bigs, 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 uh, and all this uh, whatever um, nonsense. But we don't we don't have like much payoff for that until, until that scene was there. But I, there's all this other clutter there that just bugs me. Uh, I mean, I don't mind seeing Jabba. It was okay in 97. It doesn't really need to be there because it repeats the same stuff that Greedo ends up saying to Han. So it just happens again, and then Boba Fett's just looking at the screen. I mean, don't get me wrong. Boba Fett's cool, but he had no place to be in there. And then there's just so much stuff going on. I mean, I, mean, I know they wanted to show Mars Eisley was a cool – no, well, like a, the crime city of Tatooine. And like they want to show like the little spaceship from Shadows of the Empire in the background and be kind of cute and coy, like, oh hey, that, that could be canon later. You guys do all this stuff, but and at the end of the day, I mean, I, I still love Star Wars, but like some some of these changes, I'm like, George and guys, what are you doing? It was fine. Yeah, they they added a lot more than I think was necessary, um, mm-hmm. for for a lot of that. But what about you, Micah? Did you? Did you catch the the door hitting and and some of these other changes in this film? Yeah, I just I didn't think like with the other question with in regards to the the stormtroopers, mm-hmm. I didn't think much of it. I didn't think that it was funny because like if you go back like if we all went back in time to the first time that we watched Star Wars episode four, you know, I, it's kind of dry and it's kind of like got a lot of comedy in it. But if you like look at the newer trilogy with seven, eight, and nine, like they try to implement a lot more of that. And I think that's the Disney behind um, making that more um, relatable to the family. So watching this the first time, I didn't really give it much thought other than, Oh, he hit his head. What a dummy. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I didn't <laughs> think much of it other than that. Like it wasn't like a deal breaker for me. Well, do you know the story behind it? Um, so what's really cool is the guy who actually bonked his head, um, he was a little bit taller for the stormtrooper. Um, but he's the guy that played Chewbacca, and he was like eight foot tall. N- no, it wasn't that guy. <laughs> um, but there, there was this guy. He was a little bit taller. They didn't uniform him exactly how they try to now. Um, 
but what they did was this guy ended up like extremely sick and like he was like i i have to go to work and so he went in and like he didn't even see the door uh when he walked in so he bonked his head and they just kept it in the cut um but he was talking about like he was really really sick that day when they filmed it and so he didn't even see where he was going um because he was so out of it at that moment but he was like i've got a job i got to get it done and we were filming and it was really cool to hear some of that like some of the behind the scenes because it's like you know, if you don't like I didn't catch it until it might have been like 2015, 2016, um, where I read something and I went back and I watched it. And I was like, oh, OK, like, that's cool. And then uh, I'd read an article where the guy had come out and said, hey, yeah, that that was me. I did this. Um, and it was because I was sick that day and they just ended up keeping in the footage, um, which I think is, is really cool to, to have that. Um, what about you, Amanda? Do you uh, did you catch that? Did you see uh, any others of the the transitions and stuff? Because I mean, this this movie's been kind of remastered quite a few times. Um, so have you like what was your? So we're gonna ask about uh, the stormtrooper, but I also want to transition into what is something that you liked or didn't like about the the remastering and what they've added. Sure, sure. So I uh, again, I probably noticed the stormtrooper after watching it. I don't know how many times. Um, but to me, you know, it's one of those things because it has been remastered, um, so many times they could have cut it out or done it differently, but the fact that they kept it in and kind of made it something funny makes me appreciate it too. Um, and, you know, kind of goes to the fact, you know, the stormtroopers are kind of dummies. They've been cloned and over and over. It's like, yeah, they're not going to be the sharpest tools in the shed. And that's kind of part of the point of poking fun at them too. Um, in terms of the remastered stuff, you know, the, the, as I mentioned the first time I saw it was in the, when they re-released it in the theater, and that's after they had done the remastering. Um, so I had not seen it, so my first time watching it was with the original remastered stuff in the 90s. Um, so I, I mean, I think often we tend to like, you know, what we saw the first time or, you know, with a song when it gets redone, you tend to like whichever version you heard the first time. So I didn't, I guess I don't have many criticisms with it. Um, I think the the most notable parts, you know, I've watched specials on what they did. Um, t cleaning things up, I think, are the most noticeable parts, like the petroleum jelly underneath the speeder. Um there's a noticeable difference with that. And I think that's, it's, I think it's nice that they went back and did that because it does help the film look better in today's standards too. So, I mean, there's nothing that I necessarily would take out, but of course that's the version that I saw first. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Well, I think the, the version you probably saw because in 2007 they did it again, but like they made mosaicly even busier than before. And it's just like, 97 was fine if they just never touched it again uh to the 2007 dvd one like there's like stuff walking into like iconic scenes i'm going like why, why do we need a do back lizard here why do we need like these other random criminals or stormtroopers i mean i agree I with you on that show, one like the, the, i know i know they want to show the empire is imposing and all this stuff but like it kind of ruins some of the most iconic like walking up scenes and just like little mini things that we've seen I All think right. you said iconic twice. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna right. piggyback off that real quick. I think one of the coolest mm -hmm. things that they could have done that they kind of screwed up by doing the 2007 DVD release. I think because the Empire is now imposing on Tatooine, um, where they hadn't prior to it was kind of the outer rim. The the Empire really didn't touch the outer rim too much. Um, leading into that, 
I think it would have been really cool if they would have left it more empty and like people were a little bit more afraid of the Empire and not been so busy because the Empire is there. I think that would have been a really cool way to do that. I think they should have, because uh, I've been showing Amanda bits and pieces of the holiday special because it is uh, iconic. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> um, I think they would have profited greatly by putting B. Arthur's Cantina scene in there for a little bit, having a musical number in this. One more drink, friends! <laughs> no. I had never seen it before. Yeah. Yes. It's fantastic to watch. <laughs> Yeah, John Favreau is going to be. It's not the word I would have used. John Favreau's Christmas special will be superior. Oh my goodness! Sorry, I'm getting off topic there, but it's all good. Um, so with they've they've added a lot of extra stuff over the years. What's out of all the droids that showed up in this movie? Which one was your favorite? Whether it's R two D two, C three PO, the little mouse droids, any of the Gonk droids. Um, was there any one specific droid that really stood out to you that maybe wasn't? R2-D2 or C-3PO, or do you really like one of those two? I know you were talking earlier about R2-D2, Will. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I didn't get to answer the last question. Oh, yeah, yeah. You chose not to. to. <laughs> I, I, didn't get the I didn't get to answer the last question. Yeah. Go ahead and answer it then, and then we'll move forward into no. the droids. And you can even answer yeah, yeah. the droid question, too, while you're at it. Oh, yeah, go great. for it. Will, Will's always getting to go first. Yeah. <laughs> I've been letting you no, and Amanda go. I'm just giving. Oh my goodness! George, no. I'm out. <laughs> you get one answer, Will. Uh, no, what I was gonna say is that um, when they did the re-releases, something that was so special to me was, you know, like Amanda said, I got to see those movies in the theater for the first time, and. I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. So like twenty years, you know, removed from the seventies and the you know, the early eighties, they re released them and remastered them and for me that was like something special. Like I didn't care what they added or didn't add it. Like, you know, I didn't really I don't think I rewatched and see the the ones they did in the early two thousands, but like for me, I remember getting um for Christmas one year, you know, we we've just been talking about VHS tapes a lot, like my parents got me the the special edition trilogy on VHS, and it was a gold and black box. Had all three films in it, and all three casings mm -hmm. of the, the movies were gold. I don't know if you guys remember that or not, but like I my brother, I think so. Yeah, I think my brother has ours, and like I want it, but he won't give it to me. So, <laughs> but anyway, like I don't even think he has the VCR. So shout out to Justin. Um, but yeah, I thought that it was incredible to see those in a theater. Right, like our parents, mm -hmm. or you know, um, you know, friends that are a little bit older than we are, got to see those movies in real time. You know, this was a chance for us to do that. So for me, I wouldn't trade that for anything. Like I didn't think too much about what they were going to add to the films. You know, with them being twenty years removed. Now with the early two thousands, and they added some weird stuff, like Will was saying, with like all these extra people and stuff. Like that was that's too much, and I just could care less about that. I'm like, don't do that. So like, um, but yeah, like when they re-released them in the '90s, that was very rewarding for me as a as a fan um, to see those in the theater. As far as droids are concerned, like as far as coming back full circle to Episode Four, like R2D2 was the boss of this movie. Like he just basically from the very beginning, and um, 
you know, carrying the plans and trying to execute the mission of what Leia was trying to accomplish. Um, he was determined to do that, similar to what um, BB-8 does in The Force Awakens. But, like, he was very focused, and he was trying to get, like, the mission accomplished. Something that I noticed when I threw it on the other day at work was how mean 3PO was to R2-D2. I thought that was, like, he was incredibly mean to him. Like, but he couldn't live without him, right? Like, when they were, you know, at the, when the, what was it, the Ewoks picked him up, and they were trying to sell him, and, you know. Jawas. Uh, oh, sorry. The Jawas. Uh, you're fine. <laughs> I just, I don't know why I said Ewoks. Um, I've been recording a lot today, so yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. You're just, you're just excited so, for the Return of the Jedi episode, ine- inevitably. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> when Uncle Ben picked out the droid, uh, they were trying to buy the droid for the farm, like, and the other one blew up and they ended up getting R2-D2 instead, like, that moment where 3PO realized, hey, you need to get this one. Like, he can't live without him. Like, as much as he gives him a hard time, and as as many times that they've gotten separated over the, the course of series and movies and, um, you know, even the animated series where they go do their things, um, they always come back together. So, like, they're like the, I guess they're like the odd couple in a way, right? So... But did you guys catch that too? Like how mean three PO was to R two D two. He slapped <laughs> him a few a times. Hope. Yeah. Like there was there was physical abuse. You wouldn't be making it half as far. Fine, I'm gonna go this way. You go that way. I feel yeah. it. It's a thing. What about you, Amanda? Go ahead, Will. Oh no, I'm pa- I'm going to Amanda first. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. I mean, I think, you know, I love the relationship between C-3PO and R2-D2, you know. I think everybody loves R2 because he's the brave little droid that could, and he really pushes some of the storyline along here um, and is really the reason that, you know, we meet Luke and Luke gets brought into uh, the whole whole saga. Um, But it's... uh, yeah, I, I like seeing them together. When I was a kid, I had a bank that you would push a button, and it was the two of them, and it would play the theme music, and then it'd be like, I am C-3PO, human rival relationship. I'm sorry, excuse me. That was and, a pretty good answer, Daniels. And this is my counterpart, R2-D2. And then they would, and R2 would go, do, 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 do. and I was obsessed with that. I played it all the time. Just I like seeing them together. It's just, they're cute and fun and add a little bit of comic relief in there too so yeah you guys remember the books where like you would see the picture and it would be the button on the side of the book and you'd press the picture according to like the story yes yeah i remember having a book like that i think it was of episode one and i had like you did it r2 and it was like (laughs) and like oh those are so fun yeah so i have one of those where c3po and made that exact same statement human cyborg relations and then r2d2 made his cool droid noises and yeah do you still have that book probably somewhere fantastic i really want to read it now (laughs) we may have to change the battery but i want to read it now i'll send it to you as soon as i get my shirt perfect i'll make it happen so in three years yeah at this rate yeah All right, well, what about your favorite droids? Uh, I'm surprised none of you brought this up, and you could have uh, nabbed this from me, but bringing it back to R2 again, even though it may not have been intentional, I mean, I know Luke was piloting, but, like, I mean, if R2 doesn't take that hit there in the final Death Star Trench run, Luke doesn't 
doesn't get to do the proton torpedoes. I know Han also comes in and, yeah. and gets another save as well. But like, if R two doesn't take that initial hit, it doesn't matter if Han comes or not. So I, I mean, I mean, the, granted, as Obi Wan and as Luke had figured, the Force was guiding all of this to happen. But I'm just like, oh boy, <laughs> so, like that that whole trench trench run. Uh, I'm sorry that that wasn't a question about that. That's like probably one of the more tense moments. And like, it's actually. I mean, we we get some better ship battles and like some strategy in there, but like that's I mean, it kind of starts kind of slow, but like I I just one it's one of my favorite missions in the Rogue Squadron game. I know we're not talking about the video games, but like Rogue Squadron takes you through all the movies and like little side missions, and that part is like where the movie kicks where this game kicks off. And I remember getting my butt kicked on it so many times. I'm like, oh, where, where's Han at? <laughs> and crying about it. Are you kind of like Luke? What? Cause you whined, ha ha! Cause you're a whiner. <laughs> yeah, I was 14, okay, and I lived on a farm. All right. I love cool. that it was Amanda who made that comment because I was thinking about that, and I love the fact that she called it before <laughs> I did. Uh, but I guess Amanda, okay. Amanda shot first. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Ouch, ouch, ouch. See, aren't you glad I invited her over now? She, Absolutely. She on me too with you guys. Absolutely. Uh, I had to give two honorable mentions to Joy's one since I already like praised R2 during the character s- segment. I would give it to R5 because there was a fun comic uh, expanded universe story where R5 was technically a robot Jedi and him and R2 were talking before that exchange happened and then he, he, he self-terminated so R2 could be picked by Luke for the greater good. Um, it's, it's a silly story but like I, I love that that was a thing at one point. And then this is just a meme because of the Star Wars Minute podcast. Listen to there's a little treadwell droid that has like all the, like the little arms, and it's just like his little tread treadmill legs. You know what I'm talking about? It's got like yeah. all the little arms coming out of it. Treadwell, just based on that name alone and how weird it is. But that felt. See, if you guys if you guys let me have honorable mentions sometimes with droids, I, I, I'm pretty brief. So, so I gotta say my there. favorite droid, um, and this is not a New Hope reference. It's a solo Star uh, Star Wars story reference. It would be uh, Lando's droid that became the computer in the Millennium Falcon. I got to say that because, Dude, I mean, that was... Loophole there there's the loophole. There. I there, set it up. Boy. That way I got my own special answer. Yeah, go me. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I laugh because... I, if I had to pick a... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, if I had to pick a droid that was not a mention that had nothing to do with episode... Or I'd probably pick KQSO from Rogue One. Yeah, I just Alan because Tudyk. of how because just because of how like witty he was. Yeah, yeah, Alan Tudyk's hilarious. Um, but back to to New Hope, I think R two D two definitely is going to get a lot more love, and I think and all of Star Wars R two D two gets the most love. Um, he's he's the most uh used and abused character when it comes to the droids. Um, he he gets used in so many different ways, and he kind of kicks. But and he takes names and then he saves everybody and then like not a lot of recognition. Um, I do love that like Luke does love him like it's like more than just a droid. Like he's a friend because he's like, make sure you get him scrubbed up. Make sure he gets all all nice and worked up. And then like at the end, uh, when when they do their whole uh, uh, like the the medals, uh, yeah, the medal ceremony. R two D two kind of starts to wiggle a little bit and does his noises and all that and like Luke just looks at him and he smiles and it made me think okay that's definitely a good friend right there like it's not just like because I feel like 
the droids are considered slaves um, when it comes to a lot of this. And so he, he didn't see him as just, oh, you're a machine. Oh, you're a slave. It's, hey, you're my friend. Um, and I count on you. I depend on you. Um, and I think that was really cool, um, especially because that's two generations, whether uh, R2 knows it or not. That's two generations of Skywalkers that he's helped. And it, it was really cool to see some of that. Um, I think R2 does know. I think 3PO is the one that has to be left out on uh, this No, because uh, in uh, episode three at the end, uh, Bail Organa says, mind wipe them both and then put them back in. So he has no idea who he's dealing with. He has no I idea. I think has got a backup. I think if Arch has got a backup for 3PO in Rise of Skywalker, I think he's got a backup for himself. That's I'm like, fair. okay, I'll wipe my memory. I won't remember any of this. Weep, yeah. boop, 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 yeah. meep, meep. I'll, I'll get behind that one. Uh, so when Obi-Wan died in this film, um, what were your guys' reactions? I know that this fight scene is not this massively well-choreographed fight scene. Um, when, when you kind of go back and forth, like with the new stuff versus the old stuff, uh, they, they were a little bit more, uh, prim and proper during that, that time frame versus like Obi-Wan and some of the other Jedi, uh, in the, in the prequels jumping around, jumping off stuff. Um, what did you guys think with that? So, uh, you know, being the first one that you ever saw, like this, I was, I saw it before any of the prequels or the sequels came out, you know, it kind of, it wasn't like you're comparing it to anything. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and just the fact that, you know, they're dueling with lightsabers, which is probably the coolest thing ever to watch that happen, whether the choreography for it was intense or not. Like it was still a super cool fight scene and just the way they had it build and them together, like, I remember being, you know, on the edge of my seat, wondering what was going to happen. And then when when um, Obi-Wan just stands there and lets Darth Vader strike him down, like, <clears throat> you feel like when Luke screams like that, that's how you feel inside. Because you're like, what the, what the heck? Especially when you don't know what's coming in the future stories and you're just like, You've just gotten to really know this character and you feel like he's going to guide Luke and you're just like, how can he be dead right now? And it's um, pretty impactful. Like, I remember feeling pretty upset about it. I don't remember specifically what I did or how I reacted, but it's it's a pretty impactful scene, I think. And um, yeah, I think you feel when Luke screams out, you feel that inside. Yeah, I, I think to echo those those statements i think it's not just on the inside sometimes it's the outside too you're you scream at the tv no and you, yeah. like you kind of go with more it more like no yeah it's just one of those moments that you you know it it was big for me and i think even re-watching it when that happened i was like my inner child is crying right now like you, you killed my inner child thanks um because like you especially with like my age um, and, and younger, we all got to see the prequels, and depending on how our parents raised us, we may have seen the, the prequels before the original trilogy, which means that we got to know Obi-Wan Kenobi for many movies, and then they kill him. And I'm like, what? And then you hear his voice uh, later in the movie, and I'm like, what? Okay, time out. Where did that come from? And I remember my dad uh, raised us on the originals before the, the prequel trilogy came out, but I just remember watching those as a kid, and I was like, it's really weird hearing his voice, but he's not on screen. So it was it was it was different, but it was cool to see kind of where they went with it. So what about you, Micah? 
Um, I want to preface with like, I didn't want Obi Wan to die. Like, but I think that it was necessary. And we talked a little bit about how Luke was immature at the beginning of this movie. But I think that in that moment, it forced him to a grow up and b step up because he had to. He knew that that was his destiny, and he had to step up, and that was how he was gonna to do that. But like, in order for that to happen, I think Obi Wan had to get out of the way. That's what I'm, I thought. I'm gonna pull a second question off of that, um, just for you, Micah, with this. Do you think that that same mentality was echoed in other movies, like with the Avengers with Phil Coulson, where like one specific person they have to die in order to jumpstart a a, a character or a team formation or do you think that same mentality was kind of like reworked into other movies? In Star Wars or Marvel? Well, or I'm just saying like, like just in, in, in movies general because I feel like Star Wars was kind of one of those first movies to really like focus the death is going to, to jumpstart character story. Well, like we, we talked a little bit, a little bit about it this afternoon. Um, I told you guys I watched Far From Home again because I've only seen that movie a couple of times. But I think that Tony's death in Avengers Endgame really set up the fact that not necessarily in this moment that uh, Spider-Man was going to be the next Tony Stark, but like it forced him to like rethink and reimagine things. So yeah, I think that with Star Wars kind of setting that up, and forty years later they're doing it in other movies and other series, like it. It's almost like a mentor-mentee relationship. Like, in order for the, the the mentee to step up, like, the mentor has to get out of the way and let that person lead and kind of, like, like raising kids, right? Jordan, you're a dad. Like, eventually, what? your kid's going to grow up, and you're going to have to, like, let him do his thing. Don't like, remind me. See, you know, well, you know what I mean? Like, that's just Yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. I'm just saying, just don't, let's not rush that. My kid's not even two yet. But I'm just saying, like, for for the example of this analogy, like... Oh, absolutely. I think, again, that, you know... Uh, and if we, we haven't even talked about this, and, you know, we're going to get this in a future episode, but, like, in episode three, like, they didn't trust Anakin. And, like, Obi-Wan, even... Like, you know, Anakin was cocky and he was arrogant, but, like, was he wrong? But, like, <laughs> they didn't get out of the way and let him be a Jedi Master. So, like... If they would have, let's just say they would have let him be a Jedi Master, would that have happened? Like, would all of this happen? Like, obviously we know the answer to that, but, like, who knows? It's just a great example of, like, if, if they would have. Like, if they would have gotten out of the way or let him be a Master or trusted him a little bit more. Like, maybe the story would have been different. Dot, 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 what if? <laughs> it's like that, <laughs> Jordan, it's like that movie you sent me a couple of weeks ago with, uh, what if Infinity War ended differently? And it was <laughs> Doctor Strange, like doing his little mind jogging thing, and from Infinity War, like Tony Endgame, like like yeah. Tony does the the snap, <laughs> and then it goes back to Doctor Strange doing his like shaking from Infinity War when he looks at all the futures, and then it just it mm -hmm. goes straight to credits. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. He actually brought he brought Obi Wan back in, in in the New Hope. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, what are your thoughts? So since you saved the best for last over here <laughs> kidding um i, I mean i feel Amanda? i feel like i gotta echo a lot of your sentiments but i mean throughout most of the movie obi-wan was like kind of like the lifesaver there like he saved luke 
uh, from getting killed and mauled by the sand people. Um, he was helping Luke with the training uh, on the ship. And, like, things were looking up. And he was becoming a pseudo-father figure after Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, uh may, may the t- twin sons they rest under and all that. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, just kind of going back to Amanda's point, like, like we do feel that. Like, going like, like, like life was finally kind of get, make, starting to make sense a little bit. They were successful in this mission, and we just got to get Obi-Wan, and we, and we get off this ship. And then Obi-Wan's like, I'm... I mean, hey, you guys are reunited and the droids are on the ship. Like, I- I've done my part. Like, this is this is my last mission as a Jedi. Like, getting you guys back together. Uh, I mean, it was, and with the context of the prequels, knowing that that was kind of like the mission initially from all those years ago. But like on the initial viewing, like we didn't know that. Like, we didn't know that George Lucas had like even like a little outline going like the twins. And then Obi Wan smiles or something like that. We don't know if that was the context he had in his in his mind, but just I mean, I think Obi Wan knew as soon as they got on the ship that he was not getting out alive. As soon as he sensed Anakin on that ship, and well, um, like even even like the you know how they called him Ben Kenobi at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. like he kind of was like incognito because if you think about how the uh, end of Episode Three ended with mm-hmm. them like Yoda and Obi Wan kind of going into hiding. Like and his job was to kind of watch over Luke on Tatooine and not really be a presence, but uh, mm. yeah, he was like he was towards the end of his life anyway. God, we uh, sorry we got off topic, but next week I hope Star- uh, Disney Plus Day gives us a preview of that Obi Wan show while we're on the topic because that's because I think th- I think that falls on the same time time frame that we got like all those big announcements last year. Is is that right? Uh, about. So- uh, it was December close. when when they gave that right after the end of Mandalorian season two. So yeah. so maybe 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 that's when the stockholders meeting will be. But uh, Disney Plus Day, hopefully we get some cool announcements then of that Obi Wan show, so we get even more context. Maybe we can see a little look because they've been. Uh, have I brought up the comics before? I, I never brought up the comics before. But uh, Luke actually gets Obi Wan's diary, and is like uh, reading stuff about ben's journey over there and like sometimes where he wanted to give up or like when he was talking about yoda and he just has uh, luke doesn't have context for that but it's just it's going like oh that must be a great warrior but like you see in the in the panels like everything going on over there and like obi-wan's about ready to quit here and there or like he's going like oh yoda must be like some big strong warrior but like we see the yoda that we know doing all these missions and stuff just i'm getting off topic i know we were just talking about the ben sacri- the obi-wan sacrifice over here but I'm, no, I'm discussing I, thinking about the possibilities of how much more weight that scene is going to have with more context. Coming yeah, and I think what's really cool is, like, especially with the Obi-Wan series, we're going to catch more information of what led up to um, – it's going to – okay, you know, we it, it's not an episode of Nerd Talk anymore if we don't talk about Age of Ultron. Um, I think this movie is <laughs> going to get even better because, <laughs> like, we're going we're gonna to have Obi-Wan – um, and it's going to kind of lead into maybe some things that, like, they may go back and rewatch some of this and say, hey, like, okay, why was this said? Okay, does this make sense? Okay, can we add to this? Can we start to, to put some character development here? Because I think that uh, episode four <clears throat> got vastly better um, after episode three. I think episode three did really well to, to tie the two together, um, and it helped kind of play into some of the mannerisms of, of Obi-Wan, um, you kind of see some of the smirks and things like that from uh, from Obi-Wan and then uh, just the the relationship with him and Darth Vader. Um, just I think that's really cool. Um, while we're talking about Darth Vader, let's talk about 
is he or is he not the ultimate bad guy? Um, we are a part of this generation that we got to see Darth Vader for the longest time, and then uh, they started to say that Thanos from Endgame is this generation's Darth Vader, which I say, mm, nope, that's just my opinion. Darth Vader, there is no other style of Darth Vader. Thanos is Thanos, Darth Vader is Darth Vader. You can't really compare, it's apples and oranges, but... Uh, do you feel that Darth Vader is still the ultimate bad guy uh, after watching this movie um, multiple times? Do you feel like from this one movie alone that he was really the ultimate bad guy? I mean, I say so hands down. I remember, even though I was a little a little bit older when I saw them the first time, uh, seeing him on the big screen, I mean, even seeing the Muppet Babies version <laughs> of Star Wars where Darth Vader comes in, I mean... It was terrifying, you know, the, the, and just the fact that you can't see his face and the voice and the breathing, like there's just his presence. It's like you can feel it coming off the screen that it's just so imposing. Um, and you know, that he just looks so much taller and bigger than everybody else. And, um, I don't know. I just, I remember being terrified and even watching it today you still get like those those chills and the tingles like of fear seeing him on the screen now i think the emperor is even scarier but um that's not this movie but um yeah i just think darth vader there just something about the way they did it and i think the voice and the breathing have some have a big part of it and how he uses the force to choke people um, you know, we see the force being used for good with, you know, Obi-Wan and, and with Luke, but then seeing the opposite side of it and how kind of terrifying it can be. Yeah, he's, hmm. he's definitely a, a menace and a really amazing villain to watch. Yeah, um, I don't know how I can top that, but that was, that's a great description. Um. I kind of want to see, you know, we get little snippets like at the end of Rogue One when he goes on that, that, you know, terrorizing, just icing everybody with, yeah. with a lightsaber. But like, I kind of want to see, <clears throat> you know, after episode three, when he becomes, he, you know, becomes more machine and becomes man, like that journey that he takes through um, with the Empire to like just take over the entire galaxy. Like, I want to see that version of Darth Vader like yes it's cool that he chokes people yes it's cool that like he's just this awesome villain um and we could even ask the question like is he a villain was he right for what he did like we, we've asked that with Thanos um and you know every time I watch, watch episode three I'm like oh, like was he right was he wrong like you know younglings aside like the whole conversation with him and like um Jedi Council and him and you know all that stuff uh, with his point of view and being you know manipulated by Palpatine uh, was he wrong but you know everything from choking people like <laughs> when he goes into the conference room uh, in episode 4 and he chokes that guy and uh, he's like Vader release him he's like as you list <laughs> he's just like he doesn't lit, like he barely lifts a finger and he just chokes him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's 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 very. And we did a podcast on Nerd Talk with the big the Big Bang Theory, and one of my favorite episodes is where Sheldon <laughs> uses the the force to choke Raj, and uh, 
it's incredible. So like it's iconic to even this day. So. Yeah. Uh, so I've got this friend, uh, shout out to Don Myers. He, he reads all these books, um, with star Wars and he, he absolutely loves star Wars. And I remember talking with him one time and he said that Vader is so powerful with the force that, um, he put like an invisibility kind of like he hit it within the force of an entire base. And that years after he was gone, like 20, 30 years after he is dead, um, it was still invisible in one of the books. Now this is not canon anymore um, because they, oh, yes. they went through, what? Um, but there, there was a book where they talked about, and it was Luke going through this adventure of trying to um, find more about uh, his dad, some of the things that happened um, and, and finds this, this base, but he's like basically standing right in front of it and he doesn't see a thing and he has to use the force to, to try and, and figure and navigate his way through all this. And I, I think that's just, it's great storytelling. I think it, uh, all the extended universe, the old stuff that is no longer canon. Um, I think a lot of that really built into the character and into that mythology of the lore of who this, this monster is. Um, but then you get like episode three. And like you said, um, if you remove the, the younglings from this equation, like, is he really a monster or was he just wrong place, wrong time? And just the, the right people influenced in the wrong ways. Um, so will, what about you, bud? Oh, goodness. After following these two acts over here, you leave me with this. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, I mean, I would say Vader is pretty imposing. Uh, I mean, just when he first walks in on um, the Republic cruiser and is going like, tear the ship of the pot. And like, just like he is, he's meaning business. And now we have even more context now with that, with Rogue One after he just like massacred those guys and they're trying to pull off like oh we're on a diplomatic mission we don't know what you're talking about and he's like bullcrap like i know i know you guys have the plans like what do you what are you doing over here like just give me the plans i can make this easy for you and they're like no like and, and, i mean all of them die for the cause i mean that's a great intro scene for any villain and then the music's falling out just walking in uh I would say he does get slightly undercut, though, with Moff talking. Maybe controversial take here, but just the fact that he actually listens to him, like with, with that that uh, conference scene that Mike was talking about, going like, "Release him, Vader!" Like, if Vader's listening to that guy, like, uh, I mean, he, he must be in the doghouse with the Emperor at that point, or just like if if these are the people that he reports to, and he's got, got the Jedi power, uh, the Sith powers at this point, and um. I mean, he talks a great deal about the Force and is powerful, and I, I love, love, love Darth Vader. But um, I would say in the first one, he does get a little bit undercut by Tarkin, just being cold, going like, oh, I don't, I'll blow up a planet, but Vader's like, it's nothing compared to the size of, for the po size and power of the Force, dude. Like, you, you, you can have your space station over here, and I'll listen to you, because the Emperor tells me to, but uh, I, I know the Force will guide me through all this. So, I mean, well, Vader... Uh, go ahead. Two questions. Do you guys agree with that like would you like to see um like a darth vader run between like after you know episode three the, leading there, up to, there actually is one like, of the comics that i've been reading it's okay. pretty solid and, and like he, i guess my follow-up to that is do we know where the obi-wan series is going to fall like between time three and four i believe so like we may see some of that yeah i mean that would gonna, be cool. they, they got hayden back so is it flashbacks or is it uh them, them fighting again yeah, I think so much time passed in between episode three and episode four. It would be really interesting mm -hmm. to see 
what happens, mm-hmm. you know, with all with all of them. So. Mm-hmm. And I'll go back to that comic. I'm going to talk about this comic run really briefly, and then we can get on to the next thing. But uh, this there's this run between three and four. It was like I think the second volume of Darth Vader comics where you get the origin of how he got his lightsaber and him massacring some Jedi's who survived uh, Order sixty six. Uh, Jocasta, you remember the librarian from uh, episode two? Who's like giving hope? She actually uh, holds up a good fight against him, believe it or not. She's pretty good with a lightsaber. And there's this guy who got excommunicated from the Jedi Order years ago, and he's just like, imagine like Bane, but without the mask. Like he's a jacked old Jedi. I thought it was gonna be like their version of Rom Coda from the Force Unleashed games, but like he destroys Vader. But Vader ends up getting like one up on him at one point and is is cunning. Like Vader always has plans in motion. Like. In the, in the old expanded universe and even now like he's just like waiting to be like very conniving like he, he's like biding his time to become the new emperor uh and thinking of backup plans like we'll see in the next one uh but like just how he's going like oh i'm like recruit my son me and him we're gonna take him down we're gonna rule the galaxy why are we listening to this old fart over anymore like he's getting old and decrepit so I, I'm, I'm off topic here but we can move on to the next thing so my or, last question my last question music yeah. Too. Yeah, he does have some of the sickest music, uh, and it, yeah, really the Williams, most iconic. We, we got to mention that John Williams, brilliant score for this whole movie, absolutely and series. He, random, you know, before Jordan asked his last question, he is over ninety years old now, and he did every Star Wars film. Yeah, like, he did all nine episodes, which I think is incredible. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. He's incredible. Ninety years old. He was ninety when he did the Force or uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Impressive. That's crazy. Uh, so th- my last question for you guys tonight is, after 40-plus years, does this movie still stand as good as it did when we were kids? And anybody can start with this one. Oh, well, I, I got three I'll, things. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. I got a million things. One, uh, I think, one yes. Thing. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, yes. I, I, I mean... Yeah, it still holds up. I mean, that's why we're talking about it today. That's why every five years there's a new either limited release in theaters and the toys are always selling off the shelves, uh, especially for that main original trilogy. If, if it didn't kick off good here, like we wouldn't have nine episodes to talk about love them or hate them, or we would, God forbid, we wouldn't have the Mando, Clone Wars, Rebels, Resistance. We wouldn't be having all these spinoffs that we're going to be talking about, like or even... I, I like uh, I know we haven't talked about it yet, but Star Wars Visions. But like, there's so many Star Wars things that would not exist ha- if this thing did not hold up well. And uh, like, yeah, like there's gonna be some people who are gonna be haters or hipsters or anti, going like, oh, that, that's what was so hyped for 45 years. Uh, um, actually, it, it actually takes from a uh, Kurosawa and all this. But like, I'm just like, dude, like enjoy things. I, I know sometimes I get like up my butt about some of that stuff too but like it's star wars either enjoy it or don't we're not hurting anybody by enjoying it join the 501st legion be have fun I, it's a good time and i don't want to hog it anymore so micah and amanda you take it from there um i definitely think it holds up i mean of course special effects have come a long way in the last 40 years but considering this was made in the 70s this and i know they've obviously we talked about the remastering but it's so well done and for it coming out in the 70s special effects were revolutionary and it really uh i mean it changed the way movies were made um but even now the special effects are still good by today's standards you know even looking at some of the the movies and television shows that we have today it's still so well done 
and I think the storyline is timeless. Yes, it's, it's set in space, but it's really about the characters mm. and the relationships that they develop. And I think the story is timeless. Um, and this movie specifically, A New Hope, you know, it's a great standalone movie. Obviously, everything that's come out of it has been fantastic, but you can watch it by itself. Um, and But it also sets up so much for the future and... Um, you know, you can just watch it over and over again and find new things. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's uh, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, I think 40-plus years later that, you know, it's, you know, like Will was saying, that, you know, we wouldn't be where we are without <laughs> A New Hope because it kicked us off. Um, do I think it's the best Star Wars film? No, we'll get to, you know, we'll get to that another another podcast but like it's if without it without a new hope there wouldn't be empire there wouldn't be you know return of the jedi and there wouldn't be you know which one will will threw some hands up i'm messing with you yeah Yeah. i'm putting the braid up get the last jedi (laughs) out of here we'll talk about that at another episode oh killing me (laughs) i don't even Um, want to be on that episode i I think (laughs) without without a new hope we wouldn't have everything that we have today so uh and like amanda said it's a great uh standalone film and i remember as a kid just throwing it on just to watch because it was so interesting to me and you know we didn't even get to really talk about john williams but the the film score is is amazing you hear that first note in any of the star wars movies and you're like yep it's on it's about to go um i feel like when john williams like the the opening note just like hits the the all the speakers coming out and all that i feel like all phones go away and attention just drops on the screen right at that moment like you know hey it's time um well, i remember th- we, we're not even talking about this but like when i we saw the when i saw the force awakens in in theaters like opening night like i remember just just this gasp mm-hmm. of excitement in the theater, like after they're not after not having a Star Wars film for you know fifteen years or however long it was, I don't remember when. Uh, two thousand five was when. Uh, it was about like t- what ten, ten years? About ten, 10 years. years yeah, two thousand five was when uh, Episode three came out. But like, I just remember this this level of excitement and this gasp. It, like to Jordan, what you're saying, like all the phones went away and like. All attention was on that screen. That first note went, and it was like, "Oh, it's it's time, it's time." Yeah, I uh, it's I th- I think yeah. that this movie all the way around, it's uh definitely like still up there and in, in the top favorites. Um, it's a film that I gladly will will sit down and watch. Um, it's not necessarily my top favorite movie. Um, kind of like uh, I, I share the same uh, sentiments with with Micah here. Um, but. Uh, about our favorite Star Wars movie. This is not my favorite, but we'll get to that one. Um, get that, get that out of here. Visual jokes. He <laughs> said number nine. Get that out of here. The pre or the the sequel trilogy, I think, is hot garbage. But we'll talk about that later. Um, guys, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. I've had a lot of fun. Um, listeners, make sure you check out our TikTok channel. Uh, it's it's fairly new still. Um. But we're posting uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, we're posting questions. We encourage you to follow, like, listen, um, participate um, with all of that. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. Make sure you like that. Come January, we will be posting out um, a little bit more information. So, guys, thank you so much again for joining me, and we will catch you all here next time here on Nerd Talk. May the force be with you. Nerd Talk.